Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars show from a galaxy far, far away. My name is Mark Asquith and I'm back in the Falcon this week with my good friend Mr. Gary Aylert, who ran the show last week because I was busy undertaking all manner of things, including broken boilers and playing on my PlayStation, which we all know was really the case. I was just a little bit tired, but I'm back this week and uh, adding... What some might call humour and talent to the mix, but most people would just really call distraction and a lack of anything even close to talent. And the real man, the real myth, the real legend is, of course, joining me as always. All right, dude, how's it going? You, you, you're back this week? Yeah, I'm back this week for another. Yeah. Should we do the typical YouTube thing with, I welcome back, back with another video, back with another podcast. Let's do that. Oh, what's that all about? It's like when they put Mm. podcast on their podcast cover art. Welcome to the podcast podcast. Is this a podcast? Because I never never knew it was a podcast, given that I'm listening to it in a podcast app. God, right? I knew that. Thank God you told me. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. Because I thought I was, you know, some sort of other thing. I don't know. I thought I'd put a tape in, and I was just listening to a tape. Someone had posted me a tape. Do you know, someone once said to me, they emailed me, can you send me all of your podcasts on Minidisc? I was like, <laughs> questions. Some questions. I used to have a Minidisc player. I loved it for about a year when it was trendy. Yeah? Yeah. And then it just fell off the earth and that was it. So, all right, see you later. See yeah, you I understand CDs. that. They were difficult to do anything with, weren't they? Like you had to take all your CDs and put them on Minidisc because you couldn't just go out and buy Breakfast at Tiffany's on, on Minidisc. Do you know what I mean? You couldn't just get like the Verve Minidisc. No, true. True. They went through a phase where I used to go into Virgin Records and you could buy an album on Minidisc. It did have a little phase. Yeah, it did have a little movement for a little while. And then, like I said, it just fell off the the face of the earth. So every cloud, you know, thank God for MP3s and CDs and (laughs) multimedia DVDs. I don't want it to in the end. Alrighty then, we're going to digress. (laughs) Well, didn't want it to in the end. Um, Probably formed your own record label. (laughs) Right, we are going to chat. (laughs) We're going to chat Star Wars. And we're going to talk about Darth Maul's greatest return and how it ties into the Mandalorian. Speaking of which, we're going to dig into the potential that Disney might be binning off a big, big storyline that it's set up during season two of The Mandalorian, plus a little bit of the man that is Mr. Ryan Johnson and a couple of other little sneaky gaming releases that came out this week as well. So we've got plenty going on, but before we dig into the show proper and before we descend into any more office humour, I'm going to do a couple of different things. Number one, remind you that you can become a patron and get your own sticker and so on. 
and so forth. You can just enjoy some of the behind-the-scenes goodness that we will get to when we hit the relevant figure in Patreon. And you can help that happen at patreon.com slash Rebellion. And the second thing that I want to do is to welcome our newest patron, Mr. Dave Jenkins, who is a very regular listener to the podcast. And we get a lot of messages, send a lot back and forth. And uh, Gaz, Dave's a guy that used to work with you, is that right? Correct, Amondos, yeah. He was a, a good pal of mine. He kept me going. <laughs> Uh, through a lot of uh, a lot of dark times at my old job, and uh, he's one of, like you said, he's one of the dudes that he will send us about, on average, about two Star Wars memes every single day to our Instagram account, which always has me in stitches. So, uh, yeah, cheers for that, dude. <laughs> Everyone needs a listener like Dave, so thanks for joining us on Patreon, Dave. Um, we, we're able, I think, to get back into the office to get the stickers sent. Um, we've not been able to do it for so long. Um, because we've just not been able to get in, and when we have been able to get in, just not been able to post things using all their gear. Um, but we will get back to that. I'm sure we will, because COVID, touch wood, won't be around forever. But thanks, Dave. We really appreciate it. Uh, now, guys, before we get into the, the the matter of what's been going on in Star Wars overall this week, what's been going down for you, dude? You picked anything up? You've been reading anything? You've been playing anything? Uh, no, I haven't, dude, this week. It's been quiet for me on the old Star Wars front. because. Um, yeah, there's just nothing that's that's piqued my interest too much. I was going to start playing through Jedi Fallen Order again. Is that like time number three? Yeah, yeah. But then I decided not to. So there was that. And uh, yeah, I haven't done anything else um, Star Wars. The only thing I've done is try, I've tried to really dig out some information on the upcoming, the new Lego Star Wars game, the Skywalker Saga version. Trying to find some sort of release date and some more details on it. There's a couple of YouTubers that have, um, that have done that thing. It's like, yeah, our sources uh, confirm, blah, blah, blah. So there's nothing concrete on that. But there's, there's been a couple of little leaks, some little gameplay trailers and stuff. It looks really good. So good. So I'm just trying to find out what the release date for that is. Because they're saying that it's spring. So that could be any, any month, any of those three, three or four months, really. So yeah, just really excited. I've pre-ordered it. So I'm, I'm ready to go. Sat here ready star wars up but nothing can't get too excited because i don't know when it's coming but other than that dude not too much what about you similar man um i've done the same thing with that i've I've pre-ordered that one the only thing that i've done that's remotely star wars is about an hour ago the new high republic book landed on my doorstep which i totally forgot i'd ordered um so i've got the claudia gray like i'm a huge fan of claudia gray she does a lot of the the kind of oh man can't believe I was just about to say this. She does a lot of the young teen novels. And after I just said I'm a massive fan, um, she does a lot of the young teen stuff. But she did stuff like Lost Stars. And, you know, she's a big Star Wars mythology person, which, you know, gets me gets me going. Um, so that's that's an interesting one. And I've not I've just read the summary like on the inside cover. And it sounds like it's like it's about that Jorah Mallet, you know, the, the, the Jedi that ended up taking the, the posting at Starlight Beacon. Um, oh, yeah. and her apprentice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see what the deal is with that one. But the artwork's all right. It's a big old thick book. Um, but that's it, man. It's not been much of a Star Warsy week. We've had some news coming out, but nothing, uh, you know, nothing mental. So a bit of a quiet one. But there is always a lot of Star Wars news. It's inevitable that that, that Star Wars continues uh, to to kind of just to dominate a bit of geek culture. So let's get to it a little bit. The first thing that that came up was something that actually came up last week. And it's a Darth Maul thing. You remember old Darthy, old Maulie, the old Maulster, or just Maul as we call him, not to his face, not to be scared of him, but he's off <laughs> now. He got captured, didn't he? 
by the old Republic and and or the Empire uh, by Ahsoka at the end of the Clone Wars Season 7. But he's got a pile of time before he shows up again in Rebels. We know he... He makes an appearance in is is he is he black is he black sun or is it crimson dawn one of the two, um, crimson and he's dawn, right? is it crimson dawn and he's uh, so he shows up in solo as we know with Kiara and 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 and, and wanting to pull her through to Dathomir, and obviously that's a rich time zone we know there's plenty of storytelling left to be done you know between the Republic falling and between uh, Rogue One happening essentially and Rebels happening and Darth Maul's tale is one that is yet to be really fleshed out. But apparently, he's getting his is uh, is is running a comics. He's getting a, a run in the the most recent run of Star Wars adventures. Uh, so a chap called Shane McCarthy uh, is is writing this, and it's got artwork by Megan Levens, according to Screen Rant. And this is interesting. It's of note. I'm not going to kind of talk too much about the details of this one because I don't want to give the game away too much. But this is all about Mandalore. This is all about his siege that happened and that will happen and so on and so forth. You know, Darth Maul is a big part of that era of Mandalore. But in the Mandalorian, we heard about this great purge, this Mandalorian purge. And we, if you remember, we said, like, when did this happen? I can't remember much in current canon about this happening. Um, and I think Pascal Fantoni and, and Denise have mentioned something around maybe in Legends, you know, that this occurred. But in the new canon, the only kind of notion that we have of this is through Moff Gideon. He talks about Din Djarin and, 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 and Din escaping the Great Purge. And it looks like this comic is not only going to track a little bit of Maul trying to find Obi-Wan, as he inevitably always wants to do, but it's going to kick into just linking into this Great Purge of Mandalore. So I'd, there's not much more to say on this one because it's it's sort of still of an un, you know it's still an unknown, but... For me, what's fascinating about this is that they just never seem to be done with this era. You know, they always they're always moving on. It's always the High Republic and what's coming next, what's coming next. But this era just still remains one of the most interesting, my man. You know, it's uh, they never seem to get away from it, do they? No, not really. And I think that's because, uh, well, Darth Maul is such a great character. That's the first thing, because we saw so little of him throughout the. Uh, the feature film run, everybody just is just wants more Darth Maul. Basically, he's always viewed as one of the most popular characters, especially from the prequels and stuff. So, because of that, whenever you have, whenever you inject him into some of these storylines, everyone goes nuts for it, which is cool because he's a very good character. He is. I know they fleshed him out a little bit in uh, the Clone Wars and Rebels, a little bit. Remember when they brought him back in the Clone Wars? Everybody mm. did lose their lose their their beep over that so yeah, proverbial I, yeah so i think when you have two things like this so you have the the siege of mandalore uh, which led on to the night of a thousand tears that kind of stuff when you have those things that are established in kind of canon it is canon right it must be siege of mandalore because yeah so when you have that stuff and then you pair that up with a character like darth maul it's just got a recipe for a really cool, really cool story. So uh, I think the details from what we've seen so far is that he allows himself to be captured by this crime family so that he can get like um, sort of free passage um, on the inside that will enable him to, um, to overthrow Mandalore himself because he wants to use the planet as like his new base, basically, so that he can then mm-hmm. set up a new whatever so he can get back at Obi-Wan. So it sounds really cool. It sounds very, very cool. But uh, 
Darth Maul, having more Darth Maul is never a bad thing, in my opinion. I agree, man. And it... Uh, it seems to lead up to, to season seven of the Clone Wars as well, this, you know, when, if you read like Son of Dathomir, that's the, the, the fallback or the follow-up, fallout? What am I trying to say? That's the fallout of when Sidious, you know, Palpatine whoops Savage Oppress and, <laughs> and, and Darth Maul into, into severe submission without even breaking a sweat. And, you know, that, this feels like it bridges a bit of a gap there, you know, what happened after Son of Dathomir. Um, to actually, to, so that we find him where he is in Clone Wars season seven. So it, it's fascinating stuff. And and just, I think we've got this on the news for next week, but we may as well go through it now because you're right when it comes to Maul, there is no, there is never enough of Maul. And it feels like Ray Park's doing a little bit of teasing. If you look at his, ins I mean, Ray Park is a warman at the best of times, but you you always take what he says with a bit of a grain of salt because he's so into the fandom that you know anything is good quality anything is good and it's just it's fun and it's it is what it is he's he just loves the fandom um but he's been teasing dude he's got like a a, a makeup room shot over on instagram which has got mole's head on it and, and mole's mole's horns you know the back of his head the the zabrak horns and what you you start to think what's going on someone was postulating that you know it, it, is he kind of full of crap a little bit, or is it the Obi-Wan series has just begun filming? Like, what's going on? Because we know it's not going to be Solo 2. And we know that Rebels deals with this meeting, and you would assume that Maul is not going to bump into Obi-Wan again because it demeans a lot of the other stuff that happens afterwards. But I don't know. Do we think there's any juice to this, or is it just a, is it just a bit of appreciation from Ray Park's side? Hmm. Yeah. Well, we didn't think that Darth Vader was going to be in it either. And then lo and behold, Hayden Christian's back as, as Anakin slash Vader. So stranger things have happened. Uh, so maybe there's a, maybe it's just, well, it wouldn't be very inventive on their part, but maybe it's just a retelling of what happened in Star Wars Rebels, you know, when they meet around the campfire, blah, blah, blah. But then again, it could just be Ray Park posting a really old video. That could be when he was having that makeup done for Solo, or even before that, I don't know. So, I don't, yeah, it's always a strange one with old Mr. Park. He's such a weird guy at times. He's a sound guy, but sometimes he does have a bit of a, he goes through these nuts phases where he just thinks, dude, you need to go and have a couple of nights sleep. Don't, like, don't underestimate the power of a good night's sleep. Go and get some kip and then get back on Instagram. So he's a bit of a strange guy at times, but hmm. yeah, I don't know. He I'm, really is. Yeah, I'm, I'm in two minds about about his video. Yeah. It's it, it's it's always like you said. It's always fun because people just want this to happen. Like you want more of a good thing, don't you? And it it you know because Ray Park is a bit of a woman. He's a bit of a <laughs> bit of a lad, and. Uh, I think when it comes to people like Ray Park, it's a, li it's a little bit like Anthony Daniels. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that Anthony Daniels <laughs> is tattooed and doing flying kicks. That would be hilarious. What I am saying is that Ray Park and, and, and Anthony Daniels share this real on-the-ground passion for the fans and the people. You know, it's not like we're the actors and you guys are the fans down here. It's like, we're one of you. We just happen to be in the bloody films, you know? Um <laughs> So yeah, it's, 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 it's a weird one with, uh, with, with Ray Park, but we shall see, you know, we shall see on that front. Um, I, I, I find it highly difficult to believe that Disney would be like, yeah, that's all right. Don't bother deleting that. 
exactly. Fine, yeah, leave yeah. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like the reins uh, are a little bit too tight, especially what we've seen happen in recent weeks with um, uh, what's her face? Oh, Gina Carano. Gina Carano. Yeah, and uh, Pedro Pascal to an extent. So it seems like, yeah, if that was a, a genuine thing, they'd be on it straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, I agree. Now, speaking of uh, deleting and all, you know, all the rest of that kind of removal kind of culture, not that I don't want to say cancel culture because, you know, that's another debate. Oh. <sighs> Luke Skywalker, though, he's, I guess he was back. Here he is, Luke Skywalker, throwing a wrench in again. <laughs> well, it turns out, you know, the old Grogu storyline, the one that blew up the internet and blew up the world. and Baby Yoda. Or the whole of the whole of Disney just lynched her. All of that, all that good stuff that came. Well, apparently they're pulling it. So it's been it's been it's been leaked. It's been it's been leaked, right? In fact, I'll tell you a story about the word leak in one second because this was a Star Wars thing, and uh, apparently they're pulling it, dude. Like it sounds like an absolute pile of bunkum. So what what seems to be happening is that there's internal strife, as there always is at Disney. <laughs> internal strife going on, and apparently Luke Skywalker is associated internally with. Uh, conservatism, the patriarchy, and a male-dominated narrative. Which I understand that if that was the case, that would be a problem. But it is clearly not the case and clearly not a problem, given everything else that goes on right now in Star Wars, Ahsoka, and everything, and and, and, and Rey. And yeah, there was all the kind of... the, the um, the Rose Tico backlash and all the Star Wars fans being absolute numpties, which is what a lot of Star Wars fans are. We're saying that as Star Wars fans. We're saying that from the inside, all right? But And, and I understand why we've got to toe the line and we've got to make sure that everyone's represented and it's fair and that is how the world should be. But just trying to get clickbait sounds like crap to me, dude. So the idea is that they're pulling this entire storyline, the whole storyline that they spent all season two building up to, they're just going to ignore it and just blow it out and just leave it um, because of this internal worry that Luke Skywalker is associated with conservatism, patriarchal storytelling, male-dominated narrative. Um, what's the sitch, man? What's your take on it? And not to not to just downplay these issues, because if that is the case, we get it. But this doesn't feel right, does it? Hmm. Uh, yeah, and I agree with you. If those issues are a consideration over at Lucasfilm, then fair play. But, I don't know, I just think this is uh, completely just not aligned with what, with what they've done and what they're, what they're doing at the minute. Can't seem to figure out why why now this would be a thing based on the success of Luke Skywalker in the, in the finale. And, and I, I yeah, I, I think the peeps over at Lucasfilm are intelligent enough to disassociate Mark Hamill and his political views and whatever, and Luke Skywalker as a character. Um, you know, I don't know, because this article basically says that 
Lucasfilm don't want anything to do with with Mark Hamill because of his association with Luke Skywalker. But I would say that that's that's weird. I I, I don't think they're that stupid. Um, but yeah, we will. And it's <laughs> I don't it's know. Weird, isn't it? It's weird because um, yeah, conservatism. The page. Yeah, I just can't. I just cannot see this one. I mean, we say this a lot. We say this an awful lot when we go through these rumours and stuff like that, that we just can't see it aligning. And for very good reason, it's like, we've said it before, right? When when Lucasfilm get it right, and they, they do get it right, not only does that appease a lot of fans, but it's also like a licence to print money. Like, you just go on it, man. Just like, yep, Luke Skywalker went down a tree as we knew he would at the end of The Mandalorian. So, right, what can we do with Luke next? Because the fans clearly still want more of him and still love him. Then you see this article that's like, yeah, we don't like Luke Skywalker anymore. <laughs> we're just going to, we're going to forget him and just try and erase him as quickly as possible. It just doesn't make sense. The two things don't marry up to me. So yeah, I, I'm calling BS on this one, buddy. Totally. I agree, dude. Like Lucasfilm know which bits of the Star Wars universe they could implement today to print money. You know, they know that you do anything with a soaker, boom, money. Luke Skywalker, boom, make money. Obi-Wan Kenobi, boom, make money. And then even the next level down, like, do anything from the prequels so that the now middle-aged people will spend money on it. All right. It just, it just, it's, it's sort of like you said that Disney, if this was the case, it's like they're just assuming that the fans don't know the difference, like you said, between a character and, and, and Mark Hamill. And if there was a time to sack Mark Hamill, <laughs> it would have been when he went, you know this press tour that I'm doing for this film that I've been paid to star in that has got the word Star Wars on it? You know that bit when I'm in it? Well, that's not... The, that's I don't like that character. That's not my guy. That's the time <laughs> to do it. Yep, yep. <laughs> you don't just go... You know that character that you don't like? I've got a gig for you. Do you want to come back and do more <laughs> of it? Yeah. You know what I mean? You just leave it gracefully. Yeah, yeah. It just smells of crap. Exactly, mate. Yeah. It's a... That- I, I know we we don't slag off people at Lucasfilm at all, but there are times when you can see that their judgment has been a little bit. Mm. But I think in this case, it's like, no, die old. <laughs> yeah, die. It's too bloody fast sometimes. Exactly, yeah. So, nah, BS, dude. Total. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. Hey, now, speaking of BS, here's another one. You remember Ryan Johnson? He of last Jedi fame that we all love or hate. Do you remember him? Uh, yeah, it rings a bell. Yeah. I think. Monkey Allen, you driving? He, he, he's back. So, someone did an interview with him. Uh, Sarah, uh, Soraya Wilson. Sorry, not Sarah. I apologize. Soraya Wilson did an interview with Ryan Johnson. And uh, Soraya Wilson is an author. Uh, this is from a Twitter bio, which is at Soraya Wilson. USA Today bestselling author, semi-good wife. don't know what that means. Frazzle mum of four, book lover, <laughs> pop culture junkie, fangirl, repped by Sarah Younger, which is a Sarah. Okay, I'm getting that right now. So <clears throat> Soraya did a, a, a an interview with Ryan Johnson, who said... Yes, Ryan's Star Wars trilogy is still on. No dates or timelines because he has other projects, but it's happening. And that's all I know about it. Now, this is weird. All right. <clears throat> Number one, no one's heard a thing about this. And because Star Wars fans 
can be plonkers. We can be plonkers. It, uh, it's almost like they went, right, Ryan, just stay out of the way for a little bit. We'll bring you back in a couple of years. They won't remember. <laughs> bring it back. Then we'll crack on with this trilogy stuff. <laughs> all right. So that feels like that's what's, what's going on. But we've speculated in the past that maybe they're just like, <laughs> Ryan, we're going to have to make you redundant. Right? So and, but they didn't want to tell anyone about it because he still had to go out there and put a smile on. <laughs> so we don't know what's going on. Then this comes out from Soraya Wilson. Fair enough. All well and good. It's all still happening. But again, I can't decide whether this is bunkum or not. And I'll tell you for why. There are two reasons for this. Number one, no one at Star Wars has officially cancelled it. And no one at Star Wars has officially confirmed it. So the, the, the thing is, he could just be saying that because no one's announced that it's not happening and no one's announced that it is happening. So what does he do when, when he's asked about it? He's just going to go, I don't know. Like, yeah, as far as I know, I'm still doing it. Like, this is a, it's a bit of non-news, but at the same time, it's kind of like massive news because no one's got a clue what the hell's happening with this. Um, what's your gut tell you? Is this, is, again, is this, do we think this Ryan Johnson thing's happening still? Yeah. Do you know what, dude? I've got a, I've got a funny, niggly feeling that it is, you know. Yeah, I don't know. They're like, Soraya, find out who did the picture discreetly. Go and find out. It's like that. She's gone undercover. But I think, do you know what? I think this one of these stories, and I think this is the one we've been waiting for, it really is as simple as that, as you put it. They were like, look, Ryan, come here a sec. The Last Jedi, not going to lie, didn't do that well. Sold a few, Bob, but didn't do that well. Now, keep your nut down. Yeah, we'll come back. <laughs> we'll revisit the whole Star Wars thing in a few years. But for now, just go and do your other yeah. Go and do your other films. Go and muck about. We'll get you back to do the big boy shit. You know, keep up the doodling. Keep up the doodling. Definitely. <laughs> so I honestly, I reckon it's as simple as that. I reckon that Lucasfilm and Disney's plan is like mm, he's not really that popular. So, however, he is a great filmmaker. So if we can just realign him a little bit. You bring him back in a few years' time, then he could be in there. That's it. <laughs> I reckon it's not it. yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might be right there. Because he is brilliant. He, Ryan Johnson really is. And when you look at The Last Jedi, he's still that divisive that you either love it or you hate it. And with time, it just becomes clearer and clearer that, that is a good film that just divided people who already had preconceived ideas. And... That's all right. You know, the more time that passes, that's just all right. Just like the Phantom Menace did and all that, you know, it's all right. He's going to get his own reprisal in the future. And Ryan Johnson really is good. He really is good. And we've, you know, we've had a bit of bants about him in the past and so on. But when you look at the Breaking Bad episode that he did and Knives Out, some of the most recent things that I've revisited that he's done, they are really, really well done. So I'd be all right with that. And what I hope, though, that I'm just going to kind of caveat this with, I hope they just let him do what he wants to do and finish it. You know, just that's been the problem with Star Wars in movies recently is just pick something and finish it, man. So that's my only... I don't want him to go, oh, that first one that you did out of this new trilogy, we're bringing JJ back, he's going to sort it out. No, we don't want that, you know? <laughs> so just leave him be. Leave him be. 
No, I agree, dude. And yeah. when when you watch The Last Jedi, if you take out the controversy, take those out of it for a second, the whole how they handled Luke's character and a couple of other bits, it's an amazing looking film as well. Like you can't deny that his work when he teams up with a good cinematographer and editor and stuff, it's a beautiful looking film and it's paced really well. And, you know, it's got some, it's a really, it's just a great film to watch. It just doesn't suit the narrative that a lot of Star Wars fans had in their head before going into it. That was the issue. So, but yeah, if we can just let that lie for a bit and then just see what else, what else you got. Yeah. See what else you got. Let's do it. Have another run at it, Ryan. All right, we'll, we'll be all right with that. We'd, we'd take that on the chin. Now, two big, big, big Star Wars stalwarts are back. And we get the answer, apparently, to a big mystery from the Star Wars universe. Now, this is a mystery that I'd always clocked. Why did it take Princess Leia, Lando, and Luke a year to get Han Solo back. That always troubled me. I have to admit that that did always trouble me. It's something that I've pondered, genuinely. And there was no answer to it. But apparently, we've got the two heavyweights of the character of Boba Fett, who's in vogue right now, and one of the best Star Wars creators out there right now, Charles Sewell, coming together and providing some answers. War of the Bounty Hunters, the cover's have been released for this brand new comic series that will tell the story of what happened to Boba Fett after he took the carbonite frozen Han Solo off the spin and tried to get him back to Jabba the Hutt. Why did it take them a year to get him back? What happened? Well, it turns out that Boba became somewhat of a hot property in the galaxy and ignited a bit of, honestly, a bit of a bloody fracas, which he seems really good at doing. And it turns out that everyone wanted a piece of Han Solo. Everyone wanted a little piece of the Carbonite Frozen Smuggler. And it ignited this this bit of a, I guess a bit of a, a you know, a cat and mouse style chase. You know, this kind of, this time period where Boba Fett just had to keep Han Solo out of the hands of these bounty hunters. This is the Star Wars story that I didn't even know I wanted. But now I'm kind of curious about it. It's, you know, it's an opportunity to tell a nice story with a character that's in vogue, fill a plot point at the same time, and give us some content from a time period that we're all fairly happy with revisiting. Um, so, War of the Bounty Hunters, Charles Sewell revisiting the character of Boba Fett. It doesn't sound bad, actually, dude. This sounds bloody marvellous. If Marvel you ask me, mate. Marvel S, yeah. I'm well up for this. Who would have thought that Years and years, 40 years, whatever, after we saw this play out in the films and various comics and books and stuff over those 40 years, we're still going back to these little nuggets of story and timeline from, it's just amazing. So, so there are two things that are cool about this. The first one is, yeah, what did they get up to? What was all the stuff that happened before they went back and rescued Han? Because a lot of people, when you think about, okay, we're going to write some new stories or a book or a comic, whatever, where, when are we going to set this? Normally people look at, let's do it in between two films. Let's do in between two um, uh, trilogy eras or whatever. Whereas this one's like, no, no, no. We've got this like a year or so, this big sort of little 
big little this big time frame with loads going on with Bob and all the rest of it. Let's dive into that. So that's really cool because that's um because when you watch the original trilogy, obviously it seems in terms of timeline, it seems seamless. It doesn't feel like a year has passed, put it that way. When you look at it a bit more detail, it does, I guess, because when Luke turns up, he's like badass Jedi now. Made his own lightsaber. He dressed in black. He's ready to party. So you would have thought he couldn't have done all that within. But yeah, so I'm really up for that. And then the second one is, the second bit that sounds cool about this, is it fleshes out a little bit more um, Boba Fett's character outside of just, he was a bounty hunter, he got swallowed by a giant lizard, and now he's back. You know, it, it dives into a bit more of, um, of what he was up to and his motives and stuff for things. So I am down for this, dude. When's this out? Uh, May. I'm down for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good shout, man. It's one of those digital things as well, isn't it? You just get it on digital. You'll probably never pick it up again, but it'll fill a nice story gap. Um, one of the cool things about it as well is that one of the they're doing this thing now that in comic, I mean, they've been doing it for a long time, as you know, in the comic realm, but they're doing it now more in popular cultural IP. So, you know, culture, pop culture stuff that wasn't just reserved for comics. They're doing a lot more of this prelude to style content, you know, whether release a book or a piece of content about the main piece of content. And inevitably they're doing that with this as well. And one one of the final things that interested me was um one of the prelude covers is prelude, the hunt for Han Solo. And you see Luke, Chewie, uh 3PO and R2 kind of on a bit of a Coruscantian style sort of cityscape with a picture of Boba Fett as a bit of a wanted screen in the background, or maybe he's dictating it, I don't know. Um, but there's two things that are interesting with this. Well, three things. Number one, it looks like we're going to see what, what Luke was up to. Number two, he's got a yellow lightsaber. But number three, he's got like the old school Star Wars comic-y outfit on. Um, the brown trousers, the slung gunslinger belt, and the uh, the black the black chemise. Um, <laughs> so just I don't know, just a nice little couple of little throwbacks. And what's going on with that yellow lightsaber? Maybe we'll get a little bit more interesting insight on that as well. Yeah, that is an interesting one, isn't it? The lightsaber color because it's typically green or blue, sometimes purple. If you want to go down that mace road, but the whole yellow thing, yeah, that can't be a mistake. That must be an intentional thing. There must be a bit of a storyline around that. Definitely. You know what it is, don't you? Someone's gone. Gave Ray that, uh, that orange lightsaber. <laughs> Better do something about that. Well, what do you want to do about it? Um, just draw it on the front of one of the comics. <laughs> just, just do one. Just do that. And then someone just went, seems fine, signed it off. J. Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson style, signed off, out the door. That's yeah. exactly what went down. They're like, um, Drak and Kathy would be all right with this. You won't know. She won't even know. You won't remember. Did no get an agenda. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, dude, this is right up your street, the last piece of news. Um, Nintendo Direct, was it this week? It was like, just completely dropped on people. No one knew it was happening. On the 16th, Nintendo was like, we've got an event tomorrow. 27 minutes, it's a video. We're going to release everything that we're releasing and tell you all about it. And everyone was like, what? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> anyway, because they were pleased to see it. And 
They did. They announced a lot of stuff. They announced a fair bit for the Switch, including a badass-looking Mario Golf game, which is right up my street. Uh, but the one thing they released was this Star Wars Hunters game, which I thought was a really interesting use of the IP, uh, not least because... The logo looks like something from, like, R-Type or, like, the old-school <laughs> OutRun games. You know what I mean? It's got that old-school kind of 80s arcade vibe to it. Um, but this is continuing the trend of these big old open worlds, Apex Legends, called Warzone, Fortnite-style open-world games. And uh, Star Wars seems to be getting in on the big open-world free-play action with this game, Star Wars Hunters. Now, not too much is known about it. If you look at the little teaser trailer, you're inside some sort of bunker, some sort of hangar. We see a Jedi, we see a Wookiee, a, a, a bounty hunter, and we see a stormtrooper all on these holographic uh, projections. And then this big old blast door just opens up on what's, what, what appears to be just a complete mess outside. It is all kicking off out there. There's a right old sand battle going on. And uh, that's all we know. So, open world game. Looks like it's free play. Actually, could be worth a little punt. It's on the Switch, so it's probably going to be, you know, it's going to be fairly gameplay oriented. It's not going to really care too much about um, pushing next-gen graphical and performance boundaries. But... Um, any thoughts on this, dude, Is it from, a, from a gaming perspective? Because you're deep into the Star Wars games overall. Um, where, where do you sit on, on, on this one? I am knee-deep in Star Wars games, dude. Knee-deep? And this could be really cool because, and I'm quite jealous as well because I don't own a Switch, so this is going to pass me by. But you're, obviously, you'll crack on with it, I assume. But it could be one of those really cool, and sometimes the simplest ideas, will last a lot longer. So instead of just whoever, the, who's the studio behind this? I'm not sure, but... Um, Zynga. Isn't that the Zynga. Farmville lot yes. that got bought out by... Yeah, bought by EA? Um, I'm not sure. Is this Zynga? I don't know if it was EA. Do you know, but... I met the founder of Zynga in a pub in New York one snowy day. I was sat there. And we got talking. Bought this guy a drink as we got talking. I was like, what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm founder of Zynga. It's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> so... And it would just after just after they'd sold the guys that did Farmville, aren't they? Uh, they did do Farmville, yes. Uh, more impressively, they did Farmville too. So sequel, that's a step up, isn't it? Sequel, sure. Anyway, in the end. anyway, this could be cool because if it does follow along the same lines as things like Apex Legends and Fortnite, we know that those games are super super addictive and they do really well. And. Uh, Sometimes, you know, you don't want to spend 9,000 hours diving into a game to try and 100% everything. Sometimes you just want to pick up a controller, blast the shit out of a few people for half an hour, and then go and have dinner. So this could be along those lines. It could be that quick. Let's have a couple of games of Hunters. Bosh. Right, now I'm going to jump in the shower and go out and do what. You know, it could be that quick kind of thing. Uh, or if you are... One of those gamers like Fortnite and Apex, hardcore gamers that you spend all day on it, then so be it. But it could be cool. We don't know too much about it. The trailer only takes you up to the point where the blast door opens and then you don't see any gameplay. You just see a few characters. Uh, interesting little Sith character, it looks like, red lightsaber. Could be cool. Uh, and then you've got your typical other, other dudes, the Wookiee, like you said, the bounty hunter and the stormtrooper. So could be cool, dude. I'm interested to see more. 
who knows? It could be the thing that makes me get a switch. Who knows? Do you know what? The switch is one of those things that I absolutely love. Like, I really love the Switch, but I barely play it anymore because it's like, ah, oh, I'll play Spider-Man or Jedi Fallen Order. But when you play it, it is that good that you remember why you bought it. It's like, it genuinely is like it captures that Nintendo really specific type of gaming, which is just, oh, look at this. I've got nothing else going on for five minutes. Stop, throw it on the sofa, see you later. And if, it can, if, if this Star Wars game can fit into that mold where I can play it in an airport because I'm bored. Like, that is that is where it really fits into the ecosystem exceptionally well. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's fascinating to me that, number one, Star Wars has got in on this. And I know Star Wars has not gone, we want in on that. Someone's pitched him the idea. But the, 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 they've gone for it is really impressive. Um, mm. And it, it just... I'm curious about it because I've never done much open world gaming apart from Warzone. Like I've done Halo and I've done Gears on Horde and I've done um, like a lot of the multiplayer stuff that you get bundled with other games. But the first kind of download it, this is the only thing that we do and it's just open world and it's free has been Warzone. Like I've never done Fortnite. Um, but this might attract me. So have you ever played Fortnite? Have you been on it? I mean, you've got, uh, you've got a kiddo. So is, 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 have you done that? Yeah, yeah, my sons, uh, they they play, well, one of them, yeah, he, he played it for a, to death for like a year, <laughs> literally. Really? Yeah, for a, literally a whole year when it was, I think it is still pretty trendy, I suppose, but, uh, and then he went off of it, you know, but he revisits it every now and then, has a couple of games and then that's it. So, but it's still one of the most popular games, like if you go on twitch.com and look at the most popular games and stuff, it's still up there, things like Apex and uh yeah, Facebook, they're still like uber popular. So these types of games are still doing the business. Just depends on if they can nail that gameplay. Because with a game like mm. this, you don't want to focus too much on the Star Warsiness. You just want to have a really cool, good feeling battle royale game and just wrap it. I hate saying that, but you just want to wrap it in some Star Wars. You don't want to concentrate too much on the lore and all that stuff. Don't get bogged down with the, the weight of, of Star Wars. Just have a really fun uh, pick up and play game. Yeah. And I think the thing that will make this Star Wars, like you said, is not focused on lore or the characters. It's just the general aesthetic of it being Star Wars. And the, t the two key things for me will be just make the, the control system easy enough to be fun, like small learning curve. And number two, get the music right. It doesn't have to be Star Wars, but it just needs to feel Star Warsy, um, Like like uh, Spider-Man. I was going to say Batman, but that's had so many incantation, uh, inca incarnations that... There are variations on it, but Spider-Man is a great example of it. Not just the game, but the character. It's always got and just the same edge of just teasing what's possible. If you can just do, like Danny Elfman with the original uh, uh, Sammy Ryman movies, then through to the games, and then the amazing Spider-Man and the, 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 the Tom Holland stuff. Very different soundtracks, but they all feel like Spider-Man that sense of impending possibility. Um, and we know that Star Wars is the same, you know, so I think you're right, dude. It got, it's got to be pick up and play. And if they nail the music, it'll make people feel like they're in the Star Wars universe a little bit. Um, yeah. So when's this one coming out then? When do we have any release dates for this one? I've just closed it down like a, like a goon. Um, let's have a quick look. Looks like 2020, 
two, is it 2022 by the look of it? Um, uh, well, it, is it uh, later this year. I think it's later this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. Sorry, my my bad, dude. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, here's one. Oh, go on. It's also coming out on iOS and Android as well. So every cloud That's I'm going the end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that soundtrack. <laughs> so this looks uh, all right. It does look really cool. Yeah, and that soundtrack you mentioned, uh, Spider Man. Um, John Pisano. I listen to that soundtrack a lot on Spotify during work. Mm. Really, really cool. I know exactly what you mean around. Um, yes, if they can do that with this game, just have those little inflections mm. that make you think like, is that John Williams? No, it's not, but it sounds very cool, just like it. Yeah. Just those little reprisals like in Justice League when they did, um, when Elfman came back. He's back for, uh, he's partnered with Sam Raimi on the uh, Doctor Strange new soundtrack, by the way. Yeah. So that's going to be badass. But um, when they did the just the little refrain from Batman 89, when you saw Ben Affleck's Batman, you were like, whoa. And then they did this, he did the same with Superman. When Cavill came on screen, he just did the little fifth jump mm-hmm. to give you the da-da-da-da. And you were like, holy shit, like, they did it. <laughs> so you only need those bits. Um, and it's, you know, they, they did it so well in Fallen Order, like when you first step out of uh, of the ship on Bagano, there's the just the overtone of like binary sunset and it is only a small refrain and you're like yeah i'm in star wars land now and that's yeah that's all they need all right dude well let's stick a pin in we could talk forever on this um and this is why we do a podcast. Now we're YouTube stars as well, so ladies. Queue up now. Nah. Not gonna happen, is it? No, not at all. Sam would kick my head in. She texted me while we were just on. Uh, she was like, Do you want a brew bring me up? <laughs> yes. Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, please. Four. Yes. yes, please. Two for a tenner. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> all right, team. Listen, this has been always good fun. It's always good to chat. Uh, Gaz, thanks for covering last week. Um, team, sorry for, for being away last week. Thank you to you YouTube viewers. We've actually had a few more on, on this uh, this session. There's nothing formal about it. They know a rock and roll through and through. They see the suit, but they know. And uh, a big thank you to Dave, who I think has been online for this uh, most of the way. So thanks for supporting us on Patreon, Dave. It really does mean a lot. And keep the memes coming. We do enjoy seeing them. We both see them. Um, so this is fantastic. Thank you for, for continuing to do that. Thank you to our other patrons as well, including one of our... Our most recent one is Denise uh, Fintoni. Thank you so much for your support. And if you want to chat Star Wars, if you want to have a little bit of bands with us, you know how funny we are. We're over on the Twitter at Rebellion underscore Spark. And you can find us on any other social media, including Bebo and MySpace, by searching for Spark Rebellion, I'm sure. And next week, we've got a little bit more news, maybe a little bit of Darth Maul news coming up. And uh, obviously, there's always a lot going on. Maybe we'll even talk about some High Republic stuff as well, depending how far we get through those books. Uh, But thanks for joining us. It's been a heck of a lot of fun. If you're listening to the podcast version, please leave a rating and review just to help other people to decide whether or not this show is for them. And Gaz, as always, it's a pleasure, my good-looking friend. Thank you very much, buddy. Yeah, it's been a pleasure as always. And thank you to you lot for listening once more. Those of you that have uh, listened to us for a while, welcome back. And those of you that have just jumped on board, it's great to have you aboard the Falcon. It's great. And thank you, as Mark said, to our patrons. We love you guys. Uh, So until next week, we will catch you then. Take care of yourselves and may the force be with you always.